The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. December 8th, 2016. Thank you very much for listening and for holiday shopping through my Amazon links at buzzburbank.com. Time Magazine's Person of the Year selection isn't like the Nobel Peace Prize. It isn't always bestowed upon the person who's done the most for mankind. It's included everyone from Mahatma Gandhi to John F. Kennedy to Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin. Time's Person of the Year is chosen based on the amount of influence that person's had in the past year. And this year, it's Donald Trump. The magazine says it makes its picks for better or worse. For better or worse, it's time for even the most steadfast Democrats to admit Donald Trump is the next U.S. president to take office in just six weeks. In Michigan, where Trump won by only 10,000 votes, the recount is off. And although the Michigan Supreme Court could start it up again, that isn't likely. And it's even less likely the recount would make any difference in the outcome. The recount continues in Wisconsin, where the vote was less close, and the recount effort in Pennsylvania is stumbling in a state where Trump's margin is even wider. Hillary Clinton's popular vote lead over Donald Trump may be inconsequential to the outcome, but it isn't unimportant. As more final numbers came in, Clinton's popular vote lead expanded to more than 2.5 million. Some observers say it will, when the counting and recounting is over, total two and three quarters million. What that means is that the polls before the election were right after all. Clinton is winning the popular vote by the 2% the polls predicted. Trump supporters have pointed to the polls as evidence the media got it wrong and is therefore wrong about a lot of things. It's the erosion of all trust in the press that opens the door to fake news. The Trump campaign, which would be politically wise to ignore the recounts, especially since they likely won't change anything, is instead filing objections to the recounts, calling them lawless and insulting. Many Republicans and Democrats agree that the Trump-Pence deal to keep carrier jobs in Indiana from moving to Mexico amounts to a government bribe to a corporation. Corporate cronyism is what it's called in political circles, and it's something Sarah Palin has railed against and has again even after the Trump-Pence deal that gives carriers $7 million from the pockets of Indiana taxpayers. Trump himself condemned this practice during the campaign and then put it to use, again, all before taking office. What he said in the campaign, and has now since repeated, is that the U.S. will punish companies that try to flee to another country by heavily taxing the goods they send back. Congress is not likely to go along with that. Some Republicans are uncomfortable with that idea. Nebraska Republican Senator Ben Sasse says those higher taxes will mean higher prices for American consumers. Quoting him, how would it not be a new tax on families? And now the head of the union at Carrier says Trump lied about preventing jobs from going to Mexico. Chuck Jones says the 1,100 jobs Trump claims to have saved were destined to stay in the U.S. anyway. Trump responded on Twitter, of course, saying Jones has done a terrible job as union leader, adding, no wonder companies flee the country. To paraphrase Mark Twain, the cannibals listened with great interest to everything the missionary had to say, and then they ate him. Donald Trump listened this week to what Al Gore had to say about fossil fuels and pollution and climate change. Trump's right-hand daughter, Ivanka, met with Gore as well, since she said she wants to make climate change her issue. 
Gore came out of the meeting saying it was long and interesting and the first of others to come. The Trumps listened with great interest to everything Gore had to say, and then Trump did this. Mr. Trump, who said he'll scrap new rules on how much carbon the coal industry can spew into the air, is considering the head of Exxon as his Secretary of State. ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson is also a friend and business partner with Vladimir Putin, but that's another story for another day, even though the business they're in together is oil. And now Trump's naming Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt to run the Environmental Protection Agency. Pruitt is one of the EPA's biggest critics. He has sued and is suing the EPA currently. He doesn't believe the science of global warming. But then even Trump has said that climate change is a hoax dreamed up by the Chinese. Trump has since said he's keeping an open mind now, but his cabinet choices are pointing toward letting the coal and gas industries do as they wish. Planet be damned. At least until after Trump takes office, no pipeline will be built along the northern border of the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation near Cannonball, North Dakota. The Army Corps of Engineers announced Saturday it won't allow energy transfer partners to tunnel beneath a local lake to help the oil make its journey through four states. The government backed off its support of the oil company after 2,000 veterans joined environmentalists and Native Americans in a human shield around the pipeline. But the pipeline construction had already been stopped two months ago to allow time for public comment on the project. The companies involved would now have to reroute the pipeline, and they are furious, calling the government's decision purely political. It was, above all, a nod to justice, but politics certainly was a factor. If only for a few months, President Obama had made at least a gesture to the Americans who were here before the white man. Just as it will be political when a President Trump takes office and orders the construction to continue. Trump says his investments in companies working on the pipeline have nothing to do with a decision he says he's making to secure the country's energy independence and its energy jobs. The protesters remain at Standing Rock, bracing themselves for the harsh winter and the harsh presidency ahead. This is how wars start. Not usually, but the Spanish-American War started by accident through a misinterpretation of events. It's easy. Wars have been started over a dog, a pig, a bucket, soccer, and emus. China isn't likely to start a war with the U.S., but it did file an official complaint with the current president about the behavior of the incoming president. Donald Trump took what he said at first was a congratulatory phone call from the president of Taiwan. The U.S. doesn't even have diplomatic relations with Taiwan, so it can have dialogue with China. But we now know that didn't stop the man who isn't president yet from talking national security with Taiwan's president. And Trump had that conversation without checking with the White House, without checking with the State Department, and while skipping nearly all of his daily national security briefings. Trump is the first president or president-elect to speak with a Taiwanese president in nearly 40 years, which made it appear that in taking the call, Trump had no idea he was disrupting this country's longstanding policies. In other words, it appeared at first to be a mistake. Trump spokeswoman Kellyanne Conway insisted that calling this sh a shift in policy is, quote, pretty presumptuous. Like when Trump chatted with the president of the Philippines, who's executed well over a thousand of his people so far and has threatened to evict the U.S. military from there. Trump's invited him to the U.S. As for taking the Taiwan call, it won't likely lead to a war, but a similar misstep could. 
Trump says he doesn't need permission to talk to the leader of another country, regardless of U.S. policy. And Trump attacked China, as he had on the campaign trail, accusing it of undercutting U.S. companies and condemning China's military aggression in the South China Sea. In fact, Trump's advisors believe a more open relationship with Taiwan will help discourage that Chinese aggression. And Trump does own several properties in Taiwan. So now it's clear that Trump favors the shift in U.S. policy in China, even if he stumbled into it. Another who agrees with the policy change is former Utah Governor John Huntsman, who's lived in Taiwan and was also a U.S. ambassador to China. Huntsman is now on an expanded list of choices for Trump's Secretary of State. Now that he's bowed to Trump, Mitt Romney's services are no longer needed. We now know that 93-year-old Republican Bob Dole, a former senator and presidential candidate turned lobbyist, was paid $140,000 to get Taiwan onto Donald Trump's radar screen. Fake news isn't just propaganda from the right. It's lies, and it has consequences. Scary, potentially deadly consequences. I mentioned fake news in passing last week, and within days, those feared consequences became reality. With angry, undereducated white voters as their targets, fake news sites and message boards sprang up en masse during the election campaign. The websites made up stories they presented as news, mainly espousing absurd theories about Hillary Clinton. Before the election campaign, they predicted President Obama would conduct an armed takeover of Texas. It never happened. It was fake news that claimed the Sandy Hook massacre of innocent schoolchildren never happened. And without checking their credibility or even what country originated the website, those angry American voters read what they wanted to believe. The bogus articles had been written to appeal to those who wanted to believe that, among other things, Hillary Clinton is a witch. 28-year-old Edgar Madison Welch of Salisbury, North Carolina, believed that. He believed what he'd read, what he wanted to believe, that Clinton was part of a satanic child sex ring that operated out of a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C. Pizzagate, it was called, as it spread through social media, passing as actual news. So Edgar went to that restaurant with an assault rifle, as he later would tell police, to self-investigate. He was looking for the tunnels where the abused children are hidden, tunnels that do not exist. He walked into the Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria and pointed his military-style weapon at an employee who ran out the back and called police. The customers also fled for their safety. At least one shot was fired into the floor. There may have been other shots, but... No one was injured or killed this time. Police arrived moments after getting the call, but it was 45 minutes before they had the suspect in custody. Besides that AR-15, police seized another shotgun from Edgar, a 38 handgun and a knife. Young Mr. Welch had been charged with assault and a dangerous weapon. The fact is, the door hasn't stopped swinging at Comet Ping Pong Pizza ever since the fake news broke that Clinton and her fellow Satanists were running their child sex ring out of there. Others came to investigate as well. So as theoretical as it was last week, something like this could and likely will happen again. A month ago, a local woman in D.C. told a reporter, quote, they putting a lot of curses and spells over the city, all this underground tunnel that helps them take the kids and transport them back and forth so they can do these rituals. Even before this incident, the business, the owner, its staff, even neighboring businesses had been threatened with death and destruction on social media. 
All thanks to fake news and those angry and ignorant enough to believe it. That would include retired General Michael Flynn, who's advising Donald Trump on national security. And it most certainly includes General Flynn's son, who's done even more to spread this fake news. He's now off the transition team, Flynn's son. Pope Francis this week condemned the fascination with fake news to coprophagia, a psychiatric condition involving a fascination with feces. It was 1990 when then-President George W. Bush took delivery on a brand-new Air Force One. He flew on it the rest of his first term and throughout his second term. Then the keys were handed to President Obama, who has now also used it for two terms. Donald Trump would use that same plane throughout his first term, and the plane would remain in use for three years after Trump's first or only term. The plan is and has been that the plane would be replaced for the president after this next one. It's getting harder and more expensive to get parts for the two 747-200Bs in the White House fleet, so the Air Force has spent nearly $100 million already at Boeing to develop a new pair of planes. Donald Trump estimates the price tag, the final bill, to be roughly $4 billion, which he says is too much. Quoting his pre-dawn tweet on Tuesday, costs are out of control. Cancel order. It's true that a pair of that same aircraft would cost American Airlines or UPS well under a billion. But a president's plane needs to be even more technically sophisticated and more secure than the average cargo or passenger craft, and that costs more money. But Trump claims the Air Force One price tag is four times higher, although government insiders say that's a gross exaggeration and that Trump hasn't taken into account the plane's special needs. Trump later told reporters, I think it's ridiculous, adding, I think Boeing's doing a little bit of a number. We want Boeing to make a lot of money, said Trump, but not that much money. Boeing says it's moving forward under a contract with the Air Force to deliver the best planes for the president at the best value for the taxpayer. The Air Force had no comment. Which brings us to this. The Pentagon brass were handed a study nearly two years ago that pointed the way to cutting its expenses by $125 billion. We're just learning of this through a new report that says the Pentagon buried and tried to hide that first report out of fear that Congress would cut its budget. The Pentagon claims the cost-cutting recommendations in that first report, quote, had limited value. The head of the board that made the recommendation says, they're complaining they don't have any money. We proposed a way to save a ton of money. Donald Trump has, with Republican support, proposed boosting the military budget to where it was before the government sequester that cut spending equally between defense and domestic programs. China is certainly spending more, now building up troops and missiles and fighter jets along the border it shares with India. It was with great certainty that Donald Trump told the crowds at his victory rallies that retired Marine General James Mad Dog Mattis would be the new Secretary of Defense. But the law, for the better part of the past century, has required that a defense secretary be a civilian, or at least out of the military, by seven years. Mad Dog Mattis retired less than four years ago. The Senate, which has to approve all cabinet appointments, could pass a waiver to let the president have his pick. Congress did that in 1950 for a general who was still active duty. But then again, Congress might not grant the waiver despite Trump's earlier certainty. The Republicans need 60 votes in the Senate to pass that waiver. They have no more than 51 of the 100 votes. But the Republican lawmakers and Donald Trump seem determined to try. 
Trump also told one of this week's victory rallies he still plans to repeal Obamacare, end what he calls illegal immigration, and build a wall between the U.S. and Mexico. Lots more after this. The holidays are great, except when it comes to finding the right gift, especially for men. For a guy gift that's both personal and practical, I recommend Harry's new limited edition shave set with a midnight blue chrome handle. You can even get that handle engraved with his initials. This limited edition gift set also includes three of Harry's German-engineered five-blade cartridges, each with a flex hinge, a lubricating strip, and a trimmer blade, and Harry's foaming shave gel that smells amazing, all in a beautifully designed gift box for just 30 bucks. And for just $10, Harry's starter kit, a great stocking stuffer, and a great gift for yourself. I could stop there, but it gets even better because Harry's has partnered with us for this holiday gift special. Five bucks off your order if you use the code R-E-L-M when you check out. But wait, as they say, there's more. How about free shipping on top of that $5 off? Free shipping it is then, today through December 9th while supplies last. So today would be good. Just use the code R-E-L-M when you check out with the possibly engraved Midnight Blue Limited Edition gift set using our code at harrys.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. It's expensive to taxpayers having two places secured for the president-elect who chooses to work out of his Trump Tower in New York instead of the transition offices that are still being maintained in Washington. It's even more expensive for New York, which will spend nearly $35 million on security for Mr. Trump between Election Day and the day he takes his seat in the White House, all because he prefers to be in New York. For that matter, until the incoming First Lady and their 10-year-old son move into the White House early next summer, the taxpayers will be picking up the bill for the New York location. The city of New York is now asking the nation's taxpayers for nearly a half million dollars a day to cover that security, and they've made that request in letters to both the Congress and the president. Because Trump is the first president-elect to hide and continue to hide his tax returns, the American taxpayer is forced to take his word for a lot of things. With all the rightful concern about Trump's conflicts of interest, a Trump spokesman says Trump actually sold all his stocks back in June. It seems odd that Trump's campaign is just now getting around to saying that after weeks of worry about the many pies in which the billionaire has his unusually short fingers. Trump owned stock in the aforementioned Boeing Aircraft Company and many others. But again, this is all based on Trump's word and the words of his people after he broke his promise to release his tax returns prior to the election. A New York lawmaker wants to make sure that never happens again. Empire State Senator Brad Hoylman is introducing the Trump Act, that's T-R-U-M-P for tax returns uniformly made public. Any reference to the president-elect is just a happy coincidence. Under Hoylman's plan, no future candidate could earn New York's 29 electoral college votes without having first released his or her tax returns. As it turned out, Trump didn't win New York anyway, but a new law named in his dishonor would make sure that no one like him ever could do that in the future. And Hoylman hopes other Democrats in other state legislatures in other states will push their own Trump acts. Hoylman's bill is expected to pass in New York, where Democrats still have control of the legislature, 
but it might pass in even a few red states by those who still believe in honesty and transparency for their presidential elections. And then there's Dr. Ben Carson, who, after running for president, indicated he'd be a fish out of water as a top-level bureaucrat. He's now accepted Mr. Trump's nomination, that Carson serve as Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, even after also saying he wouldn't likely take such a job because he wants to work on various issues rather than be, in his words, pigeonholed into one particular area. If confirmed, Carson would manage a $50 billion budget and a $1.5 trillion mortgage portfolio. But like Mad Dog Mattis, Ben Carson will need Senate confirmation. The big pharmaceutical companies may be getting away with outrageous prices in this country, but those days are over in England. Great Britain's government has just fined Pfizer $107 million for jacking the price of an epilepsy pill by well over 2,000%. A pack that once cost under 4 bucks jumped to over $84, and then Pfizer transferred the rights to another company just as the drug was about to go generic. Graciously, the price was since lowered to 68 bucks for the former $4 pack. But that second company has also been fined over $6 million. Both companies plan to appeal, saying they needed the money to research other epilepsy drugs. In the U.S., the drug in question is sold under the name Dilantin. In the weeks ahead, Ohio Governor John Kasich will likely sign a bill that would ban abortions after 20 weeks of pregnancy. That bill may or may not be constitutional. But this week, Kasich is being asked to sign a bill that would ban abortions at just six weeks, roughly the time a heartbeat begins in the fetus. That one is very likely unconstitutional, and Governor Kasich has said as much. That one he may not sign. The two sides in the abortion battle will each be watching to see what Governor Kasich does on both bills. A fired police officer in Charleston, South Carolina, who killed a fleeing unarmed man, will stand trial again and probably again. Michael Slager's first trial ended with a hopelessly deadlocked jury. One juror refused to convict Slager, even though the jury could choose to convict on either murder or manslaughter, two very different crimes with very different punishments. Life for intentional murder, two years for killing through recklessness. The other 11 jurors were apparently ready to convict for manslaughter, which tells prosecutors what to pursue in Slager's next local trial. And there'll be yet another trial for former Officer Slager in federal court since he still faces up to life in prison over civil rights charges. Charleston church shooting suspect Dylan Roof has come around on the idea of acting as his own attorney. After declaring he'd represent himself, Roof has now asked that he be allowed to use counsel, and the judge quickly granted that request. Roof faces nearly three dozen federal charges for allegedly killing nine people at an historic black church in South Carolina. An avowed racist, Roof faces charges including hate crimes. But at his insistence, Roof will still represent himself in the penalty phase of his trial, meaning he will present his own argument for being allowed to live the rest of his life in prison. The judge and the prosecution will be watching to see what Roof is up to, perhaps trying to keep embarrassing evidence out of the courtroom or to somehow try to sabotage the case. Roof's trial began yesterday with the prosecution describing the methodical, cold-blooded details allegedly performed by the accused in a church a year and a half ago. Quoting the prosecutor, as each magazine emptied, 
Shell casings tumbling across the parish hall, he reloaded, standing over the victims, and kept shooting and shooting. Roof faces the death penalty if convicted. North Carolina is on its way to repairing its reputation. Those are the words of the state's new Democratic governor, Roy Cooper, who says he'll work to repeal North Carolina's discriminatory bathroom bill. That bill bans transgenders from using the public restrooms that suit their identities, and the bill restricts other LGBT rights. It was signed by outgoing Republican Governor Pat McCrory, who defended it even as the state lost millions in a national corporate boycott. McCrory was narrowly defeated on November 8th and refused to concede defeat until this week, paving the way for new Democratic Governor Roy Cooper to repair North Carolina's reputation. The city of Orlando will not be buying the property that was once the Pulse nightclub, where 49 people were killed and 53 injured in the mass shooting there back in June. The city of Orlando will not, therefore, be turning the property into the memorial it had planned. The owner of the property says she'll do that. Barbara Poma says the land is not for sale, having been in her family for years and dedicated to her brother, who died of age 25 years ago. The city says it respects the owner's decision and hopes the building will be a place of healing that honors the victims. Not your grandpa's marijuana? Oh, yes, it is. That and more next. Ready or not, it's time to wrap up your holiday shopping. But you can save time and money and give vital support to this free program when you do that shopping through my Amazon links at buzzburbank.com. You'll find fresh deals on electronics, fitness gear, and everything for outdoor fun. Amazon's annual holiday toy list is up and running. And there are three Kindle tablet models for under 100 bucks. Amazon also is still the best place to buy the amazing Echo and its offspring, Amazon Tap and the Amazon Dot for just $49.99. Art supplies, photo and video equipment, clothing, jewelry, Amazon has almost everything. And it can arrive at your door within two days with free shipping if you also join Amazon Prime through the links on my webpage. And don't forget, Amazon has gift wrapping and gift cards. When you shop Amazon through the links at buzzburbank.com, you help sustain this free news. I know you have a choice of shows to support with Amazon. I'm extremely grateful when you shop through me. Just click the Amazon logo at buzzburbank.com and then bookmark it. Never in our history have we had so many older people and never have so many of them blazed up. More baby boomers are now grandparents who are, more than ever, smoking the Mary Jane. Renowned geriatrics doctor Benjamin Hahn in New York says, We are facing a never-before-seen cohort of older adults who use recreational drugs. Older people, he says, may use marijuana for a variety of reasons, including medical. But Dr. Hahn is also a bit concerned about the fragile hips of seniors who might fall while they're high. But he admits this has not yet been studied. Dr. Hahn's new study shows that marijuana use in people over 50 rose 71% in the past six years. And although most of the older tokers were under 65, pot use among seniors has more than doubled in the past six years. Dr. Hahn says that with so much focus on marijuana and young people, we, quote, may need to focus more on their grandparents, who are increasingly more likely to be current users. When you have cancer, you're likely to get what doctors call existential distress. In other words, you worry that life 
truly has no meaning. That's where the hallucinogenic mushrooms come in handy. Not one but two new studies found that just one dose lifted the patient's spirits over a long period of time, six months. Quoting a female patient who was given psilocybin, I was bathed with God's love for hours. When that experience was over, she said, the fear and anxiety were still gone, and my life was changed. Others tell the same story. Because it is illegal to possess, psilocybin is not available to doctors. These researchers were granted a waiver by the Food and Drug Administration. Like psychotherapy and antidepressant drugs, psilocybin therapy has reportedly had mixed results. But magic mushrooms could serve as another venue when other drugs and counseling do not work. In Africa, the U.S. Embassy in Ghana, where tens of thousands of people got their visas for decades, that embassy is now closed. It's just as well. It was a fake embassy run by the mob, the mafia, a fake U.S. embassy run by the Turkish mafia, handing out visas to people looking to get to the U.S. from 10 different countries and got away with it for 10 years. The U.S. State Department is very pleased to announce that thanks to an informant, the fake embassy in Ghana is now closed. The uniforms worn by the cabin crew at American Airlines got updated a couple of months ago. In the days since, their union says 1,600 flight attendants have fallen ill with rashes, headaches, and breathing trouble. Despite that 1,600 claim, American says it's probably just a few employees who are allergic to wool. The union is demanding a recall of the new uniforms. The airline says there will be no recall. Instead, it says it will conduct tests to look for a possible problem. In the meantime, some flight attendants are being allowed to go back to wearing the old polyesters. Things are not going well for Bill Cosby, from his apparent deteriorating health to his criminal trial for allegedly drugging and sexually assaulting a young woman 12 years ago in the home Cosby shares with his wife Camille. The judge in that suburban Philadelphia case has ruled that prosecutors may admit as evidence a deposition Cosby gave a year after the alleged assault. In that deposition, which Cosby gave believing he'd made a deal with the prosecutor back then, the former comedian admits to three decades of drugging and sexually assaulting young women. Cosby's lawyers fought this evidence based on that former prosecutor's promise, but the current prosecutor says the deal Cosby got only applies to witnesses and that no such deal exists for a criminal defendant, which is what Cosby is now. The judge is still pondering the prosecution's request that it be allowed to call 13 other women to the stand in addition to alleged victim Andrea Constant. Here's your weekly movie preview from Realm Network Arts and Entertainment editor Omar Latiri and brought to you by Fandango. Opening this weekend, December 9th, 2016, we have Office Christmas Party, an ensemble comedy starring Jason Bateman, Kate McKinnon, and Jennifer Aniston. A branch manager tries to woo a big client by holding an office Christmas party against corporate wishes, and the party gets out of hand. Rated R. We also have Miss Sloan, a political thriller starring Jessica Chastain as Elizabeth Sloan, a powerful lobbyist who may have taken on too much as she challenges one of the most entrenched lobbies in Washington, D.C. Rated R. There's The Bounce Back, 
a romantic comedy between a relationship expert and a talk show therapist who doubts his intentions. Starring Shamar Moore and Nadine Velasquez, The Bounce Back is rated PG-13. And a movie with a lot of Oscar buzz around it, from Damien Chazelle, the director of 2014's Oscar-winning movie Whiplash, we have La La Land, a limited-release picture starring Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, and John Legend, in a movie about a jazz musician's romance with an aspiring actress in L.A. Rated PG-13. For Buzz Burbank News and Comment, I'm Omar Latiri. For theaters and showtimes, previews, tickets, and so much more, and to support this free news, please use and bookmark the Fandango link you'll find at buzzburbank.com. And listen to Omar on his show, Arts Review and Commentary, right here at realmnetwork.com. A sexual voyeur got caught up with technology and got caught. And he will be caught soon by police in Orem, Utah, they know what he looks like based on the clear shot of his face from one of the videos they found on a drone that landed in a church parking lot. The operator nowhere to be found. The operator may be laying low because he has a record as a peeping Tom, and police know that too. The SD card in the drone's camera held videos of several unsuspecting targets in their bedrooms and bathrooms. The Orem, Utah police posted, We found your drone and offered up some photographic evidence on its Facebook page. We know who you are, reads the Post, but let's make this easier on everyone. The Seattle Police Department would like to thank the folks who sell BMWs in the U.S. for a car that locks up car thieves. In late November, police found a stolen Beamer with the alleged car thief still inside. They put in a call to BMW and after exchanging some information, got the employees at the car company to remotely lock the car's doors. Locked inside was the 38-year-old presumed thief who was sleeping after some time on crystal meth. When he awoke and saw the police, the suspect tried to drive away, but the BMW folks had also disabled the car. And finally, from the home office in Florida, a Sarasota woman set out to run the 13.1 miles in a local marathon, but took a wrong turn somewhere along the way. She eventually realized she was lost and had drifted off course. Twelve hours later, her cell phone was dead and she was seven miles away from the marathon route. The marathon had ended four hours before Melissa Kitcher stopped running. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thanks for listening. And thank you for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll return next Thursday with another Buzz Burbank news and comment. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.